This episode is sponsored by a donor to Bakers Against Racism, a worldwide virtual bake sale ending June 20th, 2020. Everyone who wants to see radical change against systemic and structural racism can visit bakersagainstracism.com. This episode, we have Stephen Moore, known worldwide as Trendy Chef. Trendy cooked once in his life before attending cooking school. Upon graduating, he has prepared innovative comfort food meals for celebrities such as Jay Leno and Steve Harvey. He has also appeared on the Food Network, where he won Supermarket Stakeout, judged by Bobby Flay. He runs an active catering business and has begun selling a line of specialty sauces that regularly run out within hours of posting online. So I'm really grateful to Brandon for connecting us. Um, Yeah, that was cool. how, How long have you known him? Um, that's after the show area, after the Food Network, he really, he reached out to me and he, he was all for me. He wasn't, you know, trying to get money or get promoted or, you know, uh, any of that. So I thought he was super cool and we got close and, um, now I'm working with them with the Food Ease as well as Food Gnome. Um, so we got hopefully a tour we're working on right now. I like how inventive he's been with Food Ease. That's, that was a really clever idea. And. Yeah, just you look at the charitable work you've done in Latin America. Yeah. It's, it's really impressive. Brandon's a really cool guy. Definitely. Well, and so uh, tell me, like, the inspiration behind the name. Um, it was uh, culinary school. I graduated close to nine years ago. Yeah. Um, in Riverside. And, yeah, Riverside Culinary Academy. And um, I, I was in a competition. It was 12, about 1,200 people. It was a hot food competition. And uh, I showed up, you know, I skateboard, I showed up holding my skateboard, I had overalls on and then I had my chef coat over and everybody was looking at me so weird. I had uh, some food socks on, I think it was like some pizza socks and everybody, hey, you're like, you're a trendy guy. And then when I won, I won the competition first place out of 1200 people. Well and done. Like, Man, you're, you're a trendy chef, like you're, you, you're trendy and you actually know how to cook. So they were like. Um, and before culinary school, I literally, I couldn't even cook an egg. I couldn't cook a sunny side up egg. I didn't know how to scramble an egg. Wow. Um, wow. Anything. And um, I was one of the only ones in my class uh, that never cooked before. I've never cooked before culinary school. Um, well, th- this well, is a, a great story. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'd love to dive into it a little bit. But in doing some research, I, I understand you had a, a challenging childhood. Your yeah. two sisters you lost and then... You kind of grew up without a mother figure. Um, share yeah. with us like wh- how that all went down. Uh, well, my sister died. Um, you know, my first sister. I've, uh, I have seven sisters um, and two brothers. Wow. Um, and, also and what rank seven, are you? So I am below me is only my younger brother, my younger sister. Everybody else is older. Wow. Um, all right. Yeah. Same mom, same dad. They were just. <laughs> wow, yeah amazing. they're they're wild um so and um yeah so um one of my sisters died to gun violence um you know she was um in a a car people people didn't know it i guess it was a it was a car that limo tent windows all black car wow. um and they were actually looking for someone else oh. um and they and she was shot and killed on the freeway in, in las vegas and um oh. actually when she fell out of the car is when people realize this is not even who we were aiming for. So she got killed for no reason at all. How old were um, you when that happened? It was in 2005. Um, so I was in 
Yeah, I wasn't even in, yeah, I was in high school. I was in uh, ninth grade. Wow, yeah, that was um, an impression. Yeah, and then um, my older sister died uh, in 2018 of breast cancer, my, my other sister. Um, I'm so, so sorry. Um, she was hiding it from the family for a few years. Um, nobody knew, so we couldn't help anything. She just kept it to herself. Wow. Um, so oh, that cool. happened. Um, my mom dropped me off with my dad when I was five. You know, never looked back. So um, he raised mm. he raised me. Um, and, and it's crazy how it worked out because I raised my two children. You know, their mom is around, but I'm the head parent. And um, yeah. uh, people are shocked. They're like, wow, you're, you have full custody of your, your children? I'm like, yeah, it's crazy because my dad had full custody of his children. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy how that worked out. Well, mad respect um, for that, Trendy. I mean, hats yeah, off to you, you, brother. That's phenomenal. I love that. I'm a dad, too. Um, how old are your children? Uh, my son, he's just turned 10 on May 14th. Uh, my daughter, she's six years old. Congrats. That's great. A long life. Yeah, my first, actually, I cooked one time. Um, it was, I was 16. Um, I saved up for my own steak. I worked at Food for Less. Never had a steak before in my life. Um, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of money. So yeah. 16 years old, it was my first time cooking and trying steak. Um, of course, I burnt it to a crisp, like, well, well, well done. Um, but I loved it. I was like, man, I, I made this. You know, yeah. and it was something. I was like, you know, when I graduate high school, I'm going to try to figure something else out. And I was always in trouble, you know, because my dad's older. My, my dad's 71 years old. Oh, so, wow. you know, we, we were able to get around a lot of stuff. You know, I was just bad, hanging out with the wrong crowds. Um, you know, closer to 21, I had my son. And I was like, man, I can't, I can't keep getting in trouble. I gotta, you know, be a good role model for him. Um, literally, I didn't plan it. Um, I didn't tell anyone. I just saw an ad or something about culinary school, and I was like, let's see what happens. Amazing. And, um, I, yeah, and I just randomly, it wasn't even never a thought, anything. It was random. So all my friends, they were like, what? You, you at the culinary? You're going, you're in culinary school right now? I was like, yeah, no, it's, it's weird. So the only other time you had cooked was five years prior to that at 16 yeah. burnt steak. And you're like, you burnt know what, steak. maybe I can learn how to do this. I mean, and can you think of any other inspirations or in your life? Please? No, my, as far as leading me to cooking. Yeah. Uh, it was really just um, my dad, he couldn't cook at all. And um, we had the same thing over and over. Um, he made a mean hot dog with a, um, he, 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 he traveled the world. He's a veteran. He's a veteran. He was, uh, he's in the army. Okay. Um, so he fought the Vietnam war and all that stuff. So oh, he amazing. literally, he didn't know how to cook anything. So he, he fell in love with Chicago hot dogs, Chicago style hot dogs with the bell peppers and onions and all that. That was like his go-to. Right. Um, besides that, that was all we had growing up was hot dogs. Um, we had, um, a lot of ramen noodles, a lot. Um, so when people see me, now, because uh, I, I like to recreate uh, ramen noodles, like a couple of noodles I have on there that has a lobster tail on it. it you know, I took a, a 20 cent cup of noodle and I turned it into a $75 dish. Yeah. Um, and people are like, what? So um, I just, yeah. everything I do is like, you know, from my past. I grew up with ramen noodles, so I yeah. decided how to recreate that. Um, kind of like the hash brown waffles I have. I grew up, you know, we had the frozen hash brown patties and i use those same things and turn that into a hash brown waffles with nd saucy sauteed bell pepper inside of the you know the waffle that's so, great. 
That's great. Yeah, I like, uh, I I like wanna, <laughs> Yeah, well, I definitely want to dive into that in a little bit. Just to ask you, so um, did you grow up living with your dad in Riverside? Um, it was all around. It was Moreno Valley. Um, we was in Moreno Valley. Um, we were in L.A. area, back to Moreno Valley. But the majority of the time, it was Moreno Valley. Gotcha. Um, and where are you that's now? Why I, right now, I live in the Temecula area. Yeah. Um, sure. you know, got my own house now. Um, so that. I've been, been working hard, hard, man. It's been a, a, a long road. So yeah. I'm finally here. So we'll yeah. see where it goes from here. No, I think it's a bright future ahead for sure. Uh, trendy, you got amazing stuff going on. Um, so after you graduated from culinary school and you had this competition where you got the name Trendy Chef, you headed to Italy for a while. Share about yeah. that. Yeah. What was that like? And my first time, and it was weird because not only have I, the only places I've been before that was Vegas because I have uh, family in Vegas and yep. California. That's it. I've never been outside of those two states. Wow. So for me to just, you know, go from, from nothing, flying over to Florence, Italy. Um, I went to Thailand. Um, it was a study abroad. So I oh, went nice. there and I studied and I actually went to school there for three months and studied, um, you know, the correct way to make French cuisine, um, the correct way to make Thai cuisine. Uh, it was, it was amazing. And I fell in love with the food um it, it was it, and that's all i eat still like thai food no um yeah beef patsy you it's a street it's street food yeah. but i love beef patsy you beef uh packy mal um <laughs> i love Lao, i love the laos version of papaya salad because uh i was yes. actually able to meet a lot of um, laos people um and the papaya salad that they have is different from the thai version because they have yep. the baguette sauce too super black like that sauce is it, it's spicy it's amazing though um, so I'm I was so able to learn impressed. a lot. You know, one of course I grew up with my dad, so he couldn't cook. So the only time I really got good meals, I had a stepmom um a little bit later on that yep. took me a while to get, you know, used to her. And um she she would make soul food, you know, that's all I had growing up. So from going to, you know, what I was raised on. So then after this world tour, you come back and um you got connected with the Coachella folks. How did that happen? Yeah. And you did your homework. I'm like, how you know that? <laughs> uh, yeah, Coachella, I did. Um, so this whole thing, how Coachella started. So after graduating culinary school or close to graduating, I was on my senior year. Um, and someone came up there from Pink's Hot Dog. They had the first mobile Pink's Hot Dog truck. Yeah. Um, and when you're in culinary school and you graduate, you think you're a chef. You're not a chef. I didn't call my, I wasn't a chef until about three four years later until I had a sous chef position in the restaurant being a line cook doesn't make you a chef nice. um so I you like know that. these but Respect. students yeah so students we you know we tend to think oh I'm a chef now so they came to our school like hey who wants to work for Pink's Hot Dog I got an amazing opportunity for you to make hot dogs on a food truck and um everybody said no no we're gonna be chefs we're gonna work in these high-end restaurants and I raised my hand out of hundreds of students I was the only one I was like I'll make hot dogs, like, I'll, I'll do it. So I started making hot dogs um, for them and I worked for them for like four or five years. Um, and they were like, you know what? We just got into the Coachella Festival. Um, and that was actually, that was only like my second year with them at when they got into the Coachella Festival. So I'm making hot dogs for hundreds of thousands of people 
Um, mm -hmm. You know, I did that for about five years. And then I started meeting celebrities because the pinks, no. they have pictures of, they have pictures of every celebrity that's been there yes. from Oprah to Beyonce to everyone. Mm -hmm. um, so when they see pinks at, at Coachella, they're like, oh, we have to be there. We have to get a picture in front of it. Yeah. I met a lot of celebrities there, gave out my information. I actually got calls from celebrities to cater. And then I started just catering one-on-one, -on -one, no license, no anything, just going to these <laughs> celebrities' houses and, and cooking. That's um, so great. And then, and then from there, go, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, some of them included like uh, Jay Leno, Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah, Jay Leno, was, it was a crazy one because, um, the, so the lady from the Pink's Hot Dog truck, the owner, she, I worked for her for a year, so it's been four years into it, and she's like, you know what, I want you to cater for me. I'm like, okay. She's like, I got you from culinary school. I know, you know, that's what your passion is. You don't want to cook hot dogs forever. Um, so I was like, okay. She didn't tell me it was Jay Leno. So I'm cooking. I'm putting out all this food. She said, Every, everyone thinks your food's amazing. I want you to see who you're cooking for. And I walked out. I'm like, what? It's Jay Leno. What? And she's like, I couldn't tell you that because you would have been nervous and the food wouldn't have been the same. Um, so that's so she is the reason her name is Celia Smith by the way man I love her uh, she's the reason that you know I, I got into a lot of this stuff I would have still pursued you know the catering because that's what I wanted to do but she kind of pushed me to that and she allowed me to be my own person in the kitchen you know like here here's the kitchen here's the menu I'll see you later I'll come back and see what you got um, so I started cooking for a lot of different people um, so she got me into a lot of stuff um, then one-on-one um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one celebrities now, um, or even my, from my kids' favorite country singer, my kids love country music, because I love country music, and I got kind of into that, um, and then when Blanco Brown came out, he's a black country singer, um, he went viral, and I ended up, my kids love him, then I ended up cooking for him, and they just went nuts, um, so yeah, it's, it's been an amazing journey. That's really great. Well, and you, you were on the Steve Harvey show? Steve Harvey show, I, um, I stuffed, I was one of the first ones to stuff a wing. Um, I know they had those guys a while ago, shout out to them. I, for, I forgot their name, but they stuffed wings. Uh, I don't think they got as big, but I stuffed wings into uh, mac and cheese inside of a chicken wing. Um, and I also did red beans and rice inside of a uh, rib. And these ribs had the bone in them and the wing had the bone. So there was no boneless wings. Anybody can stuff a boneless wing. Um, so it looked like a normal chicken wing from the outside. You bite it, the mac and cheese falling out. So his producers heard about that. They reached out to me. I went on the show. And then yeah. uh, share with us about uh, Food Network. Oh, yeah. That, that's the most recent accomplishment. Um, the Food Network, um, they reached out to me. Um, I, was, I was trying to get on the Food Network for years and years and didn't hear anything. And then when I finally, you know, given up on that part, you know, you know what? I'm going to wait and see if I get on TV later on down the line. I'm just going to keep doing my catering thing. And the show called Food uh, Supermarket Stakeout comes out. Um, and I think that's the coolest show ever. And I'm like, oh, man, I was watching the first season. I'm like, man, that's super cool. But at this time, I've applied for Food Network so much. I was like, man, I wish I could get on that show. I didn't apply or anything. Mm -hmm. And then um, one of their producers um, DM'd me on Instagram. It's like we see your food man everything you do it looks like it's just you know random stuff from a grocery store i'm like okay and they're like would you like to be on season two of supermarket stakeout i was like oh yeah definitely um and it was it was crazy because leading up to you know once they they wanted me on the show 
Okay, and it's the, it's the day that we fly to Phoenix, Arizona. And, um, and once we get there, well, not even before we get there, when I'm my plane, my flight got canceled and there's only four chefs. If there's not the fourth, if one chef don't show up, there is no show. They just, wow. they reschedule and they have a whole bunch of different chefs. Okay. Um, so my flight got canceled and I'm like panicking, walking around, like trying to make calls and I'm running downstairs to try to get rebooked. By the time I got to the front, they're like, no, your flight's been rebooked for 10 minutes. You better run. And of yeah. course I got there and uh, it was history after that. That's great. Good work. Yeah. And winning the show is, I didn't even think, I didn't even expect that. Like I knew, of course, how good of a chef I am, um, but I'm going against, you know, some of the best chefs. They pick from the best. They don't pick random people. Yeah. They go through their history. They do their history. Look at the backgrounds where you've been. So I'm going against these amazing chefs that have done TV before as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, two of them have done TV before. Several shows, um, Cutthroat Kitchen, Chop, they've done it all. Um, so I'm like, oh man, this is intimidating. Oh yeah, so supermarket stakeout, you get $500 um, to compete in three rounds. And this made me have way more respect for the Food Network because you know a lot of people think the Food Network is scripted um, and, and it's not at all. There's mm-hmm. real time, if you run out of time, you run out of time. It was Gilbert and it was a supermarket called Fry's Supermarket. Um, huge, kind of like the Costco's of Arizona. Like okay. they have furniture, everything in there. Um, so you were in a, 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 a parking lot and these like random people are coming out and we have to buy their groceries from them and we don't know what's in the basket. So like the, for example, the first round was a, a, a noodle dish. They tell you what kind of dish you have to make. So you have to, whatever you get in the basket, you got to try to make that dish. Wow. So they're like, okay, first round, um, is noodles. First round, you know, a lady comes out, I think, um, she spent like 60 bucks on her cart or something. Um, so I, my, my thing was to double their money. They don't even know. They know that they're on a show because it's only a sign that says Food Network. It doesn't say what kind of show. It doesn't say anything about giving them money or buying them, buying their groceries. So they come out and they're shocked. They're like, why do you want to know how much my groceries were? And I was like, right. you know, just how much did you spend? $60? Okay, well, I'll give you 120 for your whole basket right now. And they're like, what? 120 That's double my money. Um, so I get the basket, we go back to our station and we have to cook noodles because that's the first round. Um, and I was the only chef that had no noodles in, in my basket. Um, <laughs> the only chef. And I was like, man, my luck is not, luck wasn't on my side. From the, so I look over and I see a spiralizer and I see a zucchini. I'm like, yes, I'm wow. gonna make zucchini noodles. And uh, that's yes. what made me win the round. They that's were like, genius. You, that and I've never used a spiralizer before that because I was just familiar in culinary school. <laughs> well, you stayed calm and you looked around yeah. and thought, "What? Uh, what can I do here? Like, what? What helped you stay calm?" Oh, I was panicking inside. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, the first, the first round, because you only have five hundred dollars. I spent, I think I spent close to two fifty the first round, just trying to get because I, I bought another. They allow you to buy one more basket in. So I just, I took a deep breath. I was like, you know what? I'm going to look around. And that's when I saw And Once I saw that, I was like, I still didn't think I was going to win. And the chef that actually lost first, um, you know, he was Japanese and he got Japanese noodles. And he mm-hmm. made a, a beautiful, beautiful, like fun looking dish. I was like, oh, he, he's, he's in it, man. He, that's it. And uh, he ended up losing the first round. Wow. Um, and that's because um, he, he didn't, they said that his food wasn't flavored enough. 
Wow. Um, and he's an amazing chef. We're all, we're all still friends. That's why Good. ours, it was so different with us because we bonded a friendship. Yeah. Um, like I had the opportunity, like the second round, um, the second round was ballpark bite. So we had to make something, of course, like deep fry. I came up with a, um, a corn dog. Um, oh, wow. I had Italian ground Italian sausage. I had no cornmeal to make it. So I made out of the, the batter out of water and flour and seasoning. Um, but yeah. I saw string cheese and ground Italian sausage. So I, I put the string cheese in the middle of my ground Italian uh, sausage and wow. uh, par cooked that and then let that cool down, made my batter. Um, but it got stuck in the fryer together because there's four, or there's several baskets and all the baskets were taken except for three. Um, but a chef, you know, they were coming and I was like, you know what, you can have that basket. And I put two corn dogs in the same basket oh, and that's man. when we got stuck together. We're, we're, we bonded a friendship, so we were being kind of nice to each other, but exactly. competing. Um, but then I ended up um, just cutting it, um, kind of cutting it in like, like quarter of an inch pieces and layering it on the plate to where it was like more like a high end kind of corn dog thing. So they liked that. Um, so yeah, it, it was crazy. Congrats on it. That's really great. It's supermarket Steakout season two, episode seven. I'm getting a lot of, a lot of good feedback from that. That's really great. Fantastic. Um, Trendy, I love how you work with a lot of nonprofits in your catering business, like Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. Tell us about that. Is that were they meaningful to your life growing up? No, actually, um, well, we had a Boys and Girls Club in the area um, when I did live in Vegas with my sister, and you know we went to the Boys and Girls Club. But growing up in Marino Valley and everything I've been through, I tried to show the kids that there's a way out. So before the Boys and Girls Club, I was going to the juvenile hall centers, speaking to those children, wow. um, you know, and telling them, especially young men of all color, that it's not just women that cook a lot of growing up that was what people you know that's what it was it was women that cook um and even going to culinary school they thought that was, my friends thought that was a girly thing like you it's, it's women i was like no no man we can cook i, I was like, i want to start a class a cooking class and i didn't know how to really do it on my own i reached out to the boys and girls club and um a lot all of them say yeah they're like what uh, actual chef want to teach a free cooking class i was like yeah and i'm gonna teach them how to make all of their their junk food from scratch like they love chicken nuggets you don't you know in the actual chicken nuggets there's not any anything good in a frozen pack of chicken nuggets so we'll make that from scratch that's great um, as well as pop tarts you know you don't know what's in there all the sugar all the added sugars and everything so we puree our own fresh fruit make wow. our own pastry and make the pop tarts from scratch that's um, and seeing how the kids love that was like just to see a look on their face and how excited they get when I, you know, show up to the Boys and Girls Club. It was, it was amazing. I did that for a long time. That's great. No, yeah. it's really Hopefully one day I can start my own class too. Like just my own, you know, rent out a building or buy a building or something and actually have it. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, so that'd be great. That'll be really popular. Yeah. Um, with the food you're making, a lot of it is um, comfort food. Yeah. I feel like, and is that, that's meaningful yeah. to you given what you experienced growing up? The comfort food kind of came from, yeah, of course. Um, that's why I, like with the show, going back to the show too, you know, we had nothing. So, you know, we were able to make whatever out of, you know, something that was in a cabinet or, you know, something in the fridge. Um, so with that, I'm like, 
with my Instagram, I just random ingredients, I put it together and I create a dish. Because um, yeah. I worked at the high-end restaurants where we had to use magnifying glass and tweezers to plate. You know, that's how delicate it was. And, you know, I've done all that. I've done the high-end, the five-star. And I feel like now at this time of my life, it's just good for me to have fun. Like the donut glazed chicken wing with sprinkles. People, they put me on the shade room for that. Um, uh, in the shade room on, on Instagram, they have close to 20 million followers. Uh, so um, they put me on there. They featured it. A lot of people hated it, but then some people liked it. So I went from like a couple thousand followers to over 10,000 followers overnight. Wow. I was like, whoa. Um, so some, a lot of people don't like it. And like right now, it's going viral at this moment is my deep fried water. I actually deep fried actual water. And people are like, was it an ice cube? I'm like, no, it's, it's gastronomy. I studied gastronomy. And I was like, you know what? I'm a deep fried actual water, not wow. cutting in, no, no shortcuts, no yeah. freezing it, none of that. It never went in the fridge. And I deep fried the water because people thought that was crazy. That's really something. Well, you know, and it's, it's, it's not like you're advocating eating this all the time. And you're, no, you look very healthy yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's why I tell people too. Like, I make all this crazy food. But I'll sit here and, you know, and, and eat it all myself. And, you know, it's really tasters. Like, I've had people, you know, come over and taste it. Or, I've, you know, like my kids, they'll try a little piece of it. Because um, I'm, all, I'm all about health, too. Um, yeah. You know, I work out all the time. Um, I know a lot about Dr. Sebi. I've done recipes and collabed with celebrity chefs with Dr. Sebi, using Dr. Sebi's recipes. Nice. Um, so... You know, it, it's just all fun. I, yeah. I want people to understand that when they come to my page that it's just fun. But it, it's a wide range. I mean, you've got dishes like nacho cheese, bacon wrapped mac, buffalo oh, yeah. cauliflower <laughs> wings, hummus veggie sandwich. So you've got a wide range there. And then you talked about your rib dish with the mac and cheese earlier. That was amazing. Yeah, a lot of chefs um, which respect me in the industry. Um, it took me a while to get the respect when I you know changed over to making this crazy food a lot of people are like you're not a chef and um and they're like you're not supposed to do that don't do that and i'm like and now they respect me they're like man we said don't do that that's because we were scared to do that like you know <laughs> you can you can mess up your name quick you can you know you can not work it you know you can not get hired from restaurants for you know doing some of the silly stuff well and some of your um hashtags that you use have that kind of wow factor hashtag the weirdo hashtag yikes hashtag crazy food <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i say i say the weirdo because of the weird food i make um and i just start calling myself the weirdo chef yeah. brown water um you know always wearing my collar up to the top uh, these hats these fedoras which Bobby Flay, it was, it was, it was crazy because I was getting so many instant uh, DMs that people were like, man, Bobby Flay called you trendy. He said you win for best fedora and all this. So I was like, this is just my style. I like, I like to be myself. No, that's um, important. That's, how I, and that's I think, how I got the name. I think re the reason why you're resonating with people, Trendy, is that you're doing, you're, you're, you're carving out your own path. You're making out your own niche, but it also resonates with who you are as a person. And so yeah. uh, there's nothing inauthentic about it. There's nothing fake about it. It's it's really cool that way. Yeah, and that's why I try to teach my kids too. Like we don't have to stick to one thing. Like that's why we listen to every genre of music. We listen to every everything. Um, even when I posted myself singing country music, people are like, "What? What? What are you? What are you talking about?" <laughs> um, so I I just like it all. You know, I 
have my ripped jeans on with my chef coat and you know vans and then I can you know put on a suit so it's, it's just pretty much just being whatever I feel like doing that day I just I just do it nice nice well and you also have a product line uh an everything seasoning brown gravy mix peach barbecue sauce um are you gonna expand uh, yeah. that line yeah definitely we just getting started and it's funny because a lot of the people that um are ordering now um they're like man is this don't tell is this what you've been using like the everything season is this what you've been using all the time you've catered for us and we're like it's so delicious and you couldn't figure it out well, I've been I've been using it for years and didn't tell anybody, didn't launch it, um, getting the recipe right, getting everything correct on it. But um, now people are addicted to it. Um, they're like, man, if we, we we're running low, we need more. Um, it's hard to keep up now. Um, yeah. We try to reach out to you know Amazon, get it on Amazon and things like that because oh, um, perfect. every time we put it up, two hours every single time. I don't know what it is about the two hour mark, but it sells out That's fast. Great. Um, the gravy sold out probably less than two hours. Um, the peach barbecue, um, that's, that's selling out, but you know, you get a good sized bottle. So people are able to keep that a little longer, but yeah. the everything seasoning and we just launched the gravy. Um, and that, and that sold out. That was just like a, a, a test. Do you have a favorite dish you like to make? I tell people my favorite dish to make that I make for myself and all the stuff that I post online, they're like, it's nothing like that. Cause I, I like I was mentioning earlier, beef patsy you is one of my favorite things. Yeah. The drunken, the drunken noodles. Um, oh. I like the, the Chinese broccoli in it. Um, so that's one of the, I eat normal. I you know, that. that shocks, that shocks people. Um, I was working at a restaurant actually in Temecula. I just got, you know, I was getting promoted to another, another position. Um, and I walk in one day and, you know, as a celebration, it was a, it was a, a chef, you know, he was, um, he was someone from Europe. Um, he came, he, you know, he was trying to, he was like one of the, I think it was sous chef at the time. So I come in, um, you know, everybody's congratulating me, you know, I'm, I'm moving up now. He, so he brings me a watermelon and I didn't pay any attention. I'm like, okay, he brings me a watermelon. Okay. And then I keep, I keep working and I'm like, okay. And then he brings me a grape soda. And I looked up, I'm like, wait a minute, something's weird. I don't, I, and everybody know I don't even drink soda. I haven't drank soda in 15 years. And then he brings me fried chicken. And oh, I'm like, man. what? I'm like, whoa. And he's like, yeah, this is what you people like, right? This is, and then I was like, what is going on right now? And that's some of the stuff I had to deal with in the industry. Um, so right there, I quit on the spot. A lot of other people quit. We walked out. And I never looked back. I would never, ever treat anybody how I was treated. So I started my own business. Being an entrepreneur is not a break. Some people, oh, you can make your own hours. You have to work more hard <laughs> when you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, when you're, you know, to me, it's just like the nine to five is a normal life. You just go That's to work, right. you come home. When you're an entrepreneur, you don't go to work and come home. You're working nonstop. But it's worth it at the same time um, to, you know, to, to get treated fairly as well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you're actually the first. I've been. I've done a lot of podcasts, a lot of interviews. You're the first person that I'm telling that story to. So now everybody can hear it here first. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for that share. And I'm really proud of what you did. And I'm proud of the people who followed you out the door, because that's yeah. that's ridiculous. Just everybody, you know. I just want everybody to stay strong during this time right now. Every race has to come together. Blacks, it's not white, it's everybody. If we all come together, then, you know, something will change. It has, you know, it has to change. You know, food is one of those things like sports that can bring people together. 
And so, yeah. you know, you're going to be a big part of that healing. I appreciate you. Trendy, be well. I'm looking right. forward to following you and your great success. Achieve is recorded at Subtractive and Hangar 8 at the Santa Monica Airport. Music is produced by Hennedy.